Welcome to Ohanga. My name is Maggie and today we'll be speaking with Carrie. Welcome, Carrie. Hey, Maggie, how are you? I'm Thanks very good. Me. Oh, of course. Thank you for being here with us today. So my first question is, what kind of art do you do, Carrie? Right now, um, I am a jewelry artist, but that's a long way from where I started. Oh, great. Well, then, then the next question is very appropriate, which is how did you get involved with art and take us back as far back as possible? Sure. I'll say art just kind of chose me. Um, as a child, I was always creative, I guess, and I got a lot of encouragement from my parents. While they are not artists themselves, you know, they allowed me to, to do wacky things and just let me do whatever I like. Um, like I didn't grow up a whole lot, but that's always pencil and pen that is ready. Uh, I was lucky that my mom put me in a art class in YMCA when I was little. Okay. So I have that exposure and uh, experience of, awesome. of and were you a little in, education on it. Were you in Rhode Island? No, I was not born in this country. Okay, where were you born? I was born in Hong Kong and I um, didn't move here until I was 12. Okay, so um, you said your parents were very supportive and you pursuing your art. So did you, did you also take like, you said you took art classes at the YMCA. Did you, take, did you take art classes in school or what were you interested in academically? Well, school always had art being part of the uh, curriculum. And um, my, I think my focus when I was younger is actually in uh, literature, but I, it was just art was just something that always followed me around. Okay, so how was the transition from Hong Kong? Then did you move to Rhode Island or did you move elsewhere first when you left Hong Kong? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, the family landed in Rhode Island. Okay, and so how was the transition to Rhode Island for you? And how did, how was art involved with that, if at all? It was not easy, but you know, I am, I'm not complaining about my experience because uh, I would say Rhode Island is pretty liberal and there was no like, you know, uh, racism or not too badly people were mostly curious and kind it's not easy for any you know preteen to move to a new environment so oh um, of course <laughs> i'll say the whole experience was a, a, a positive influence in my life okay good and did you you know did you use your art as an outlet or how did how did your art continue to manifest once you moved to the states I was lucky to have very kind art teacher in school and they always encourage um, the ex using art as expression for someone who has not picked up the language fluently yet. Biggest outlet in grade school was music. Oh, wow. Do you play an instrument? I, I did. I did. Yeah. What instrument did you play? <laughs> I was into classical and I played the piano and clarinet. Oh. At one point, I was going to go into that direction in oh. college. And what happened? <laughs> I don't know. I think I was doing both music and art, and they were both very time-consuming and demanding. And somehow I ended up with art. So you felt like you had to choose one. Yeah. Okay, so so I guess when you were in high school, it seemed like it was pretty pretty clear that you were either going to do music or you were going to do art. So right. Okay. Did and 
was did your family continue to be supportive and how about your friends because you know there's this stereotype against pursuing art as an actual career so how did you how did you face that i guess as an immigrant um the peer pressure was not as as um strong because okay. <laughs> i didn't grow up with that same set of friends everyone is new and um while it was a little lonely i also didn't have that pressure okay from the peers and i was right. free to pursue whatever i like so you were confident in your decision to pursue art i wouldn't say confident <laughs> it okay. just happened that way without any outside pressure okay so did you apply you applied to art school i assume i applied to music school oh interesting <laughs> so how did you how did you end up with art then if you applied to music school uh, well, it was for financial reasons. Okay. All right. So, so you, did you end up going to music school? I started with music and then I switched to arts. Okay. At the same school or did you transfer? Yes. Same okay. school. What school were you at? Oh. If you don't mind. <laughs> it's okay. It was just a school in Rhode Island. Okay, cool. And then what happened after graduation? It was by chance that I started a job as a graphic designer. And then wow. through a friend, family friend, that I ended up at a jewelry place. But I didn't see that for too long. I was there for about a year or so before I switched to textile design. So I'm actually all over the place. <laughs> what art did you, did you study in university? Uh, yeah, in college, I ended up with um, a major in printmaking and graphic designs. Okay. But drawing, it's always uh, the center of my, I guess, expression. So when did you start? You said jewelry making is the center of your expression. So um, you... drawing. Oh, drawing, drawing. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, so then you graduated, you got a job in graphic design, and then you ended up in a um, jewelry. <laughs> in a, that, that, then you ended up in a jewelry shop. So, so I guess what happened then and when did you actually start making jewelry? It was like, a, it started out as a hobby and uh, I never well, stopped making things. But okay. professionally, I'll say it doesn't really start until five years ago that I took a break from my jobs and go travel around the world and ended up in some jewelry workshop in the countryside of Mexico. Wow. And where did you where did you travel around the world and why? Was it just you needed some time to travel on your own? Yeah, it was just something I always wanted to do. And there was um, you know, monumental monumental birthday coming up. So I decided to just quit my job, leave the city and go be a bum around the world for a few years. It was oh. during that time that I uh, didn't have any obligation but to do whatever I like. And I ended up with, at um, a jewelry workshop in Mexico. That's how I really refined my skills. Wow. So what other countries did you visit on your travels? <laughs> uh, I started in Hong Kong to visit family. And from there, I went to Australia, wow. Malaysia, um, Japan, Taiwan, Peru. No, I don't remember other places. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. And how many years did you travel for? Did it for about four years. Wow. And so I, did you, 
did you work along the way or had you saved up enough money to, you know, just really be able to do whatever you wanted? Yeah, the whole goal was not to have to work. Okay, wow. And so was Mexico your last stop? Yes, yes. Okay, and how did you end up in the jewelry workshop in Mexico? The first time I stopped there, I saw this place that I left. And it wasn't until a year after that I decided to spend a half a year there to just learn. Wow. And so by then you had already been making jewelry as a hobby, right? Right, that's right. So, yeah. so when did the hobby start? I don't even remember, it was so long ago. <laughs> I always do beadwork, um, something that doesn't require all the dangerous tools, something <laughs> I can just do at home, like, like okay. wire wraps and beads, that kind of things. Okay, cool. And then, so then you ended your travels in Mexico. I assume you came back to Rhode Island and then after a year you went back in Mexico again to, you know, take your jewelry making seriously? Something like that. <laughs> okay. And then what happened after your second time in Mexico? Now I'm back. Try to build a whole collections and a company out of what I've learned. Okay. Wow. So, so where are you at right now? What have you, what have you been working on since you got back from Mexico in terms of, you know, turning this into a business? Well, I have built a collection, which would be the first step to do. Mm -hmm. um, the business side I've been building and building, you know, that's the difficult parts. Of course. <laughs> yeah. What is your ultimate goal for your jewelry making? Just to get my piece out there. And ultimately, I think I would like to do more interpersonal pieces like custom made, because I find uh, jewelry is uh, emotional driven items. And for the last, actually last six months, all the pieces I have made are custom design items. Wow, that's cool. And I seem to remember when, when you and I talked when we were in Newport, you said that a lot of the inspiration for your pieces come from Mexico and the motifs and patterns you saw there. Is that still true? Yes, it's true. Yep. And I, con I plan to continue on um, building another collection based on different cultures. Okay. Wow. So what motivates you to create this jewelry? I mean, clearly cultures in general are very inspiring, but what motivates you to, con to continue making jewelry and expressing your creativity in that way? I like the material. I like the metal because it, it lasts um, more so than clothing. I, I like that it's small. It's something you can hold on to. The tactile experience of the piece is important to me. Okay. Also, I just like, you know, making loud noises and burning things. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't enjoy that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So have you been selling at markets or through your store or have, have you been trying to monetize your work yet or are you still getting started? I was doing quite a lot of art shows the year before COVID. Okay, right. Yeah. Yep, yep. And it was, it was great. I was in uh, Boston. I was mostly in the New England area mm -hmm. and I was getting pretty good um, responses. And from that, I have picked up a lot of custom pieces. Okay. Wow. Cool. So what are some obstacles, some difficulties you're facing in the pursuit of turning, of making your jewelry business a sustainable, you know, income, sustainable business? Well, that's something that I'm still working on 
But I'll say the hardest thing for me is getting the exposure that is needed. Okay. Just, yeah. you know, marketing and um, being not afraid to show your work to stores. Yeah. That kind I- of thing. Because as an artist, you know, that's not something you really thought about when you are creating. And selling and marketing is a completely different skill. That's something Absolutely. I yeah, definitely need to learn. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this is honestly, this is why Ohanga was founded in the first place, because you artists are expected not just to create all of your work, but also be your own little marketing department, sales department, you know, communications department for your own company. And it's just you guys have so much work to do and you handle literally every aspect of your jewelry business. Yeah, exactly. That's only so much time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, is there anyone in particular that has influenced your jewelry making? Not so much in jewelry, but that's one artist that I really enjoy. Okay. And uh, she's a performance artist, quite famous, Marina Abramovic. Have you heard of her? I have not. Marina Abramovic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does a lot of performance arts. And her work uh, is very physical and emotional driven. Okay. And to me, it's very uh, humane, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of art is very abstract and very theoretical, but her works are something you can touch and feel in your body. And I, I love the connectness of her work. Okay. And do you think you're also trying to have that kind of put that kind of emotion into your jewelry as well? I would like to. <laughs> I hope people see it that way. Yeah. I know my work are very, uh, mostly very cheery for now. And Marina's work is very, uh, I'll say primal and come from a different place. Okay. But I think that's her expression and my expression because of a bringing, obviously. But um, the end result, I hope it has the same effects of evoking a certain emotions in the viewer. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about your workspace. Where do you create your jewelry? Ah, <laughs> yeah, I have a studio in Pawtucket, okay. away from my house. It used to be in the basement, mm-hmm. but it was just getting a little dangerous in the house. So I moved everything to a workspace. It is messy, <laughs> mostly because I don't have time to clean it up. Yeah. And I just uh, enjoyed the little creative chaos. <laughs> of course, yeah. Method to the madness, right, of course, is what they yeah. say. Yeah. And do you listen to music or like podcasts or do you like to work in silence? Oh, I always have music on. I have all sorts of stuff. Okay. What kind of music do you like to listen to? I have everything from Arabic pop to Mexican wow. ranchera to uh, <laughs> Chris Isaac. <laughs> yeah. And do you still play the piano occasionally? Uh, not so much nowadays. Music. No, I'm just a, 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 an audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think we've pretty much hit all of my questions. Is there anything else that you think is important for an audience to know about you, your story, or your jewelry? I think my only thing to say is 
take the chance, whatever is present to you, grab it because you never know. You never know if that chance is gonna come up again. Like, did I know I was gonna spend a few years traveling or I didn't know that, but the opportunity presents itself and I was worried about money and career, but I'm glad I did it. Yeah, well, actually I have one more question then. Sure. What was that opportunity that came up that you you decided to take and to start traveling? What was happening in your life that made that a more opportune moment than maybe others? <laughs> it was an easy choice. I was working at a company. While it was a great job, it was not some place that I can advance further. So, so it was I, a good moment. To- yeah, it was a good moment, saving the money and just do the next fun things. <laughs> wow. So did you plan ahead of time or was it just, I'm going to leave next month? I didn't plan anything. Wow. That's part of the fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's brave. I love traveling, but that's really brave. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not hard because once you're out there, you meet a lot of people. And from there, you can change your plan. You can pretty much see where the next cheap plane tickets goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wow. it's really a freedom I hope everyone gets to experience. Yeah. Do you plan to travel again in the future? At the moment, no, but I hope sometime, maybe a couple of years when we can travel freely again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's just so many, so much kindness in the world. And there's all this prejudice that we need to get rid of. And by traveling, that's really the best way to, to unlearn the, the bias we have. Yeah, absolutely. Great.